Hello, friends. Greetings, my friends, and welcome once again to another episode of Improv and Magic. As you know, hopefully, I'm your host, LD, and this is the podcast where I talk to the people I really admire that do, of course, improv and magic. Today, you're going to hear me talk to a very special person in the improv world. He is the incredible Namdi Ingwe. Namdi is an actor, model, improviser, teacher, and writer. He studied and teaches at I.O. and the Second City, and was recently awarded Teacher of the Year at I.O. Theater. Along with his twin brother Amechi, hopefully I pronounced that correctly, Namdi wrote and starred in the critically acclaimed show Julius, which earned him a trip to the New York Television Festival and a nomination for Best Screenplay at the Best of the Midwest Film Awards, among others. He also wrote and starred in Rap School, which was also screened at the New York Television Festival, and earned him a Best Actor nomination also at the Best of the Midwest Film Awards. Namdi is also a cast member of the critically acclaimed and award-winning improv sketch team, Threepeat, an absolutely incredible group that has performed around the world and has even been featured on Comedy Central. I got to meet Namdi when he and Three Pete performed at the Miami Improv Festival, and I was completely blown away by this guy's talent. He and Three Pete perform at such a high level, and I remember watching him and thinking to myself, why can't I perform that way? Namdi has a lot of great wisdom to share in this conversation, and I know you're going to enjoy listening to him. And so, my friends, Please enjoy my conversation with the great Namdi Ingwe. My friends, he's amazing, he's talented, he's kind, he's everything you'd want in a human being. He is my friend Namdi Ingwe. How you doing, Namdi? What's going on? How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. I'm just really happy to see you again. It's been a while. I know, I know. It's been it's been a minute. Um, we're both on opposite coasts uh, over here, but I'm doing good. And you look great. Thank People you. See this? Is it, this, this is going to be voice, right? People can't see this. Yeah, this is going to be voice. Well, people can't see this. He looks great. That's <laughs> Thank all. you. That's end of story. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got all spiffed up for you, my friend. Like he's wearing a tux, tuxedo, top hat, a monocle. Mm -hmm. It looks like the, the Monopoly guy. Yeah, and uh, my butler just got me some coffee. So. Great. Mine too. <laughs> oh, good, good. Yeah. I think we have the same butler. We, we do. The same butler. He's working his, his uh, butt off, but good for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm also glad you're doing okay because, as everyone knows, California just got hit big time with uh, Hurricane Hillary and then right on top of that, an earthquake. Uh, yeah. Which is crazy. I mean, first, the idea that California is getting a hurricane, that in and of itself is just insane. Right. Because it right. hardly ever rains there. But how are you doing over there with through all this storms and natural disasters? Um, good. Thanks. Um, yeah. Like um, um, everybody, everybody is fine and safe. And um, hopefully there's not too much more of that uh, coming our way. I, you know, um, I just want us to start 
naming the earthquakes the same way we name hurricanes because um, I don't think it's fair that just hurricanes get names and earthquakes just are just earthquakes. You know what I mean? I, I agree. I, I have thought about that too. Why don't they name earthquakes? It's, it's messed up. Yeah, it sounds kind of prejudiced if you think about it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I uh, I follow you on Instagram, and anyone who follows you on Instagram can immediately tell that you definitely have an affection for uh, early mix CDs. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love music in general. I love music. I love me a mix CD, but I, I love all um, all music. I grew up in a musical family, so. Um, Did you really? Yeah, 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 yeah. My sister is a classical musician. She and she like so growing up. She's she's older than us. Um, and so growing up, uh, me and the, the siblings, we all uh, were forced to to at first to listen to like just all kinds of music from old, older stuff to to um, to modern and current stuff, and that's stuck with me. So any any kind of music I will listen to, listen to. I won't. Um, I'll give it a chance uh, before I. Make, make a call on a genre of music. Okay, so you're not genre specific. You like all types of music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I really do. Um, there's, I mean, there's beauty in, in it all. It's all art, right? You know, it's uh, inspired from something, from some somewhere within somebody. So uh, I'm always curious to like uh, listen to it and then see where where I'm moved to uh, to go. You know, where I'm inspired to go, whether it be um, something comedic or something uh, more serious and dramatic. I just, uh, music is just a good inspiration um, for me. So it sounds like music has always been a great source of inspiration for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, and yeah, and I weave it into um, to as much of what I do um, all the time. Where did you grow up and what was growing up like for you? Um, I mean, I grew up all over the place. I lived in a lot of places, uh, England, Texas, Nigeria, um, um, Alabama, um, uh, Denver, Chicago. Today I'm in Cali. I mean, it's, I'm always growing. I'm still growing, but like, um, I, people often get like, um, I don't know confused concern or like oh is that okay when i when i mentioned I, I bounced around a lot growing up or or try to justify army brat uh, or anything like that it wasn't that it was just life to say like we we as a family moved around a bunch life stuff but um i especially now like that i got to do that because my eyes were open to just a lot of different People, things, cultures, um, and that um, um, I, I, I just get to I got to appreciate a lot of things early on, and uh, and I still do. I just like like different things, especially and again when it comes to like just um, music, media in general, consuming it all. I, I appreciate it for it all. Did you have any uh, difficulty having to readjust every time you moved around? Yeah, for sure. I was a bit of a um, sponge. I still, I still am. Well, if I walk into a, a crazy room, crazy environment, I'll kind of like scope it out first. I'll like be in the cut. I'll be in the corner, in the, in the back, in the shadows, watching before I uh, uh, emerge and step to the 
step to the front and say stuff. I'll, I'll kind of, I'll observe first. When did performing become something that you were interested in doing? I always knew I was, I was interested in it. Like from like watching, um, you know, act, action movies and stuff as a, as a kid. Um, but I, um, it wasn't until, um, until I got to like college, I was like, oh, there's like opportunities to be in, do live stuff and do it in front of people. So I gave it a try and, uh, uh, I did, I would, when I got to, in college, I did the, I snuck, snuck off and did the odd play here and there. Um, that nobody, nobody knew about. I played soccer too. I was on the soccer, soccer team. So none of my teammates knew I was, I was jumping in plays. But then when I got to, uh, to Denver, I, I would go to Starbucks all the time. And, um, as you do for the free Wi-Fi, you know, and, <laughs> and when I was there, I would run into the same people when you, when you run into the same people, uh, and start, start to talk. And, uh, and there was this one, one woman, um, who, uh, who was just, uh, her name's Marianne Hogan. She often wore like, she wears black a lot, like black turtleneck and like, uh, big bright red hair. And she's a makeup, uh, artist for, um, local TV in, in Colorado. And she, her and I would just like banter, like uh, goof back and forth and sit at the same table. It was, it was uh, always a good time. I always look forward to that. And then, and then uh, through that one day, she was just like, hey, you should do, um, do improv classes. And I was like, um, I was like, sure, 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 sure. Oh, cool. Anyways. And then um, a bit of time passed and she was like, hey, did you sign up for those improv classes that I told you about? And I was like, um, oh, I'll get to it. And then we're at the Starbucks. So she grabs my computer, my laptop, and signs me up for the class. She says, hey, take, she says give me a card. I gave her my card, signed up for the class, the improv class. So I was like, well, damn, I have to go now. And so <laughs> um, uh, a few weeks later, I went to, went to the class, and uh, it was a wrap. Uh, first, first day I met... Uh, I met one of my besties, uh, the besties to this day, Mo, Mo Welch. Uh, day one, she was coming down from Wyoming. Um, I was, you know, I was there in the city, and immediately we kind of like, hey, you're, you're weird too, right? And so we both <laughs> became like uh, tight best besties. We moved to Chicago together. Uh, we're both out here together. She's a successful stand up, um, and um, you know, and I'm doing my thing too. So it's uh, that. The timing of all that was uh, did work out perfectly for what was supposed to happen. I'm curious, was there any particular reason why you kind of held off from signing up for those improv classes? I, I knew nothing about it, really. Nothing about that. What that what it all entailed. I was just like, oh, comedy classes, okay. I knew about like who's lying, and, and uh, I knew I had an idea of what improv was, but not not. Not, not really, not like long form and stuff like that. And um, and also that it was like a, an option really for like uh, for like a black dude um, like me. So um, I just carried on with, with my dad. I truly just didn't think it was something I was, uh, was supposed to do. And so where, where was it that you were taking classes? The Bovine, Bovine Metropolis Theater, downtown Denver. 
it's like 1512 Champion Street or something like that. I can't remember the address. I don't know. Um, but yeah, man, that's uh, that spot. Uh, it's where I did, did classes. Uh, Eric Farone, um, the boss of that place, um, and his wife Denise, they're both great people. They, uh, yeah, they put me on right away. So I was in classes. They, they had me doing uh, live shows um, pretty soon. You know, just had me doing, going and doing short form. I learned, learned a lot at a great time. And then teaching before. So I was doing all that before I went to Chicago. Was there any particular moment where you were in these classes and you had that moment where you were like, ah, this is definitely for me? The first show comes to mind. First class show. I don't know, level two, level three, something like that. You do a, you do a, a set, you do a show. And yeah, it was a whole class. I can't remember how many of us there were, maybe 10 or something like that. And um, in front of a live audience, I remember being nervous as hell before it. And then the show, the show started. Some other people did the first scene or whatever. Uh, and I was like, okay, well, it's my, you know, it's my turn to get out there. I went out there. The scene, scene went well, but your boy was sweating. I was sweating. <laughs> And then um, there's a positive response to to how things went from the from the audience and everybody around. Uh, and I went went back to the line and I remember being like, okay, cool, I can do this. I'm hot, hot as hell, but I can. Uh, uh, I think I'll be all right. And so that's a moment, a moment that stands out for me. Um, then I just kind of um, carried on and just, just partied. Yeah, I know I sweat like crazy no matter what show I'm doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> to this very day, I'm just yeah. like a sweat machine. Yeah, yeah, same, same. You're going to wear dark colors. Do you wear, do you know that? Do you wear dark oh, colors? For, okay. I always wear dark colors. My wife always gets mad at me because I always wear a black shirt when I do a show, and she's always like, why don't you put on some color sometime? And I'm like, because you see yeah. how much I sweat. You can't. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's uh, yeah. That's a uh, uh, sweaty, sweaty uh, cats know the uh, know the trick. You got to wear dark colors, um, and you save the the light, pretty stuff for like when you just uh, at home or whatever taking a picture. Um, but for for the stage, it's got to be dark colors. Absolutely. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, what were some of the things that you were learning in those improv classes that really resonated with you? Denver specifically, I learned uh, things that stood out to me was more of the the structural stuff, tag outs and and, and edits, what long form is, um, was those kind of things. More of the uh, um, the what is what really uh, really really stood out to me as a as a student. Like, okay, this is what this is, and I was doing. I did long form and short form, and got um, and things clicked fast for both and so I felt really comfortable doing both of those uh, both of those uh, things um, and I was out on stand-up shows every every night as well with with my friend Mo so I, I was kind of like my brain was absorbing a lot of a lot of different things and I felt like it was like it, things were just kind of clicking fast and, and just like what I was kind of understanding that really stands out. Obviously, like the, the super, I don't want to say basic because I don't want to, I don't want any, anything to sound like it's easy. I, I, you know, but like things like yes and and, uh, and stuff. Well, yes, for sure. But um, what really stood out 
were the kind of structural things. You eventually ended up studying at um, Second City and I.O. What was it that made you decide to go out to Chicago and study there? Uh, that was Mo's fault. Mo, Mo made, made me do that. I, I, I was like, <laughs> let's go to L.A. She was like, let's go to, let's go to Chicago. And then I was like, fine. That's truly, that's truly how that happened. <laughs> it, uh, it, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't part of the plan um, for me. Because again... I didn't know this thing. I was kind of just kind of going with the flow on everything. Now I did, um, I didn't know what I O and Second City and all that was. I knew about uh, certain certain acts and performers like TJ and Dave and that kind of thing. But I moved there to to perform more. I got there on a Friday. On that Friday afternoon, I was doing a I was shooting a, a comedy video for one of the amazing performers there. I was like, I just, I was in it. And then that Saturday night I was, I was on the IO stage performing and, and was welcomed by, by the head at the time, Sharna. So like it started off great for, for me personally, similar to Denver, I was, um, performing and stuff, you know, before I was even done with the classes and, and everything there, I was, I was welcomed with open arms. In, in Chicago, so I, I, it was a really good time, and it just didn't stop from there. I enjoyed. I got to like do a lot of cool shows, meet a lot of cool people. Um, loved, it. and I, I just, I'm, I'm still a sponge, just kind of soaking it all, all in. Was there anything different about the improv you were seeing in Chicago than how it was in Denver? Mm-hmm. For sure, there was way more of it, way more of it. So the le- level. With all all love, of course, the level was was just higher. The, the stuff the stuff that was great was fantastic because I mean you get to perform every night of the week. And you get to try try cool stuff. So the people the, the the cream rising to the top, the top of the top people were uh, were fantastic, and that's great as a as a uh, as a student. It's great as a fellow performer. Um, it's inspiring. So that is why why Chicago rocked. Because because of that kind of thing, but also the there was also terrible, terrible stuff really? too. Yeah, man. You see, the best of the best and the worst of the worst. Um, not everybody's going to be perfect. One of these terrible people not not performing from their heart, heart or whatever, or performing performing with anger, getting on stage with doing things that are you know in, insensitive or hateful. It's just like uh, or hurtful. Sorry. Um, yeah, it's just. It's just the nature of it all. It's not. It's not all going to be, be great. So it's performing, um, especially with improv. A good show is not the fun. Is not just because it's, it's funny. It's uh, where um, where where your heart's at with, with, when when you get on the stage. Yeah, it's funny. I've talked to uh, a few people who studied at Second City and their whole Chicago experience, and. The way they explain it is very similar to the way you're explaining it right now. Many people will say it was great, but there were also very horrible people that I had to deal with, mm-hmm. uh, especially especially women. You know, I mean, there was a lot of gatekeeping going on, especially when it came for women and also especially when it came to people of color and people in BIPOC communities. For you, did you feel like you had any sort of that struggle when you were starting out over there? I mean, it's still like that to this day. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I do a lot of 
I mean, I mean, I, I still do. Uh, I love, love performing, doing live stuff. Um, but it's there's there's always biases against um, me, whether whether people want to admit it or not, whether people want to admit to themselves or not. Um, just as a, a a black person, um, there will be things that I have to uh, adjust to. There'll be there'll be things that I can do and say and uh, and be that the the majority in the, in the comedy world, which are, which are white people, uh, just won't won't understand or won't want to understand, won't won't do their own uh, research uh, to learn and, and, and figure out. Not out of malice, not because they're trying to be mean or trying to be trying not to understand. They are just raised to not not have to care. So that that closes doors to myself and other other black folks, other other uh, people of color. It's just um, it's the the unintentional biases, the people people not not thinking about it. I've seen plenty of pictures of amazing, talented, friendly white. Um, performers, um, and, and I'm including. Uh, I say performers here. It's not just not just the men, not just the shows they do, but the people people they're typically surrounded with will be just white people, mm. and that communicates something to me. Again, not, they're not they're not trying to be mean or or, or intentionally. Uh, uh, close-minded, or they just have these blind spots that they're just not aware aware of. So, yeah, a lot of them tend to stay within that bubble that they're so accustomed sure, to being in, right? For sure, a nice, a nice, cute bubble of nice people, but it's a, mm-hmm. it's, a it's still a bubble, and, and there'll be that misunderstanding, or or they won't, or they won't, um, yeah, they, they just won't won't understand or won't see um, why they are closing certain doors to other people. Hmm. Well, you know, I think now is a is a pretty interesting time because in entertainment in general, we definitely see a lot more representation out there. We definitely see a lot more um, black people, not just on the sides, but on but in the spotlight. And we're seeing more Hispanic people in the spotlight. And we're seeing more Asian and more LGBTQ plus. Do you feel like it's a it's a good time for that in entertainment, or do you still feel like we still have some ways to go as far as making it open for everyone to shine? Uh, I think it's, I not think it's, I know it's, it's a long ways to go. For example, in, uh, if we talk about TV, if there's a show that revolves around Asian characters and Asian family, um, you just got to look at the credits. Who's producing that? Um, white folks, who's, who's putting the bill, you know, who's, who's, uh, as, as you can move up the, the chain, it's still white people in charge of making the decision. And so that, because it, because it's like that, the Asian story um, is still going to be affected by these white people at the top who won't be able to fully understand certain references, certain choices that uh, an Asian or you know I'll speak for a, a black character, a black black character character will say and do something that these people at the top won't understand because they, they surround themselves with other white people only they're in their, they're in a certain bubble, so they're not going to under fully understand why certain characters may, would make certain decisions in, in, in certain scenarios. So then you've got to change these what these characters do. So these other people at the top and the, and the, the broad audience um, 
can't will be like, okay, this is you know, I I get it. But but also if if I just tell a story as me and and how Namdi would react. Namdi, the black guy who's lived in a bunch of places. Namdi, the the uh, um, uh, Nigerian, I mean, Nigerian name. I'm Nigerian at heart. I would respond to things a certain way um, as a as a human too. Uh, you who have lived a, a, an amazing different different life will fully understand my story if I just tell it. But but because you'll understand that oh, as a human, human human will make the, these decisions. But people above. Would, would want to like water it down and dumb it down and just change it um, in a way where it's not fully reflecting my stories. So uh, all that to say that, yes, there are more faces on stages, faces on, on cameras, but still the decision makers are influencing the content. And so we're a long, way, long ways off. You've also had the opportunity to perform as a stand-up comedian, right? Mm-hmm. This may sound a bit obvious, but what are the differences between the approach as an improv actor and the approach as a stand-up comedian, other than the obvious, trying to make the audience laugh? Um, well, my thing, my thing actually isn't isn't even that. I don't walk into a live set thinking I want to make the audience laugh. I I kind of go in and be like, oh, how fun was that? For me, was it funny? If I have fun, the others are gonna have fun. That's yeah. That's always been my thing, and that works better. Um, less pressure on myself um, with improv, and I do enjoy it way more with that. It's it's I enjoy it more because it, it's it's collaboration. I'm I like working with other people, um, bouncing bouncing ideas off other people, uh, building that way. Uh, reacting and responding. There's the acting thing in, in me. I, I love uh, to act and perform. So, like, that's why I love it more. Being a bit more free and physical, not holding a microphone. Uh, so, I enjoy that. The vibe is generally just like something that works for me, me more. Uh, the stand up world is, is different. It's a bit, bit more. I, I, I guess isolating is the word that comes to mind. You know, you're, just, you're, a, bit, you're a bit more solo. Um, which is which is fine and great. You're in control of what what you you do and do and say. Um, but yeah, the the kind of like uh, um, every every person for for themselves kind of thing, which is a bit a bit more uh, the feel in in stand up um, isn't isn't for me. But it, I know it is for for other people. Yeah, I've heard a lot about how in stand up there really is a lot of this cutthroat mentality. And there's a lot of having to elbow your way through uh, other people. And uh, I think there are a lot of people who feel like improv can kind of be like that as well. How do you deal with that vibe of that whole everyone trying to compete against each other in order to get forward? I don't. Um, yeah, that's not something I I deal with. I don't see people as competition. If something's meant for me, I'm, it's going to I'm going to it'll work out. If it's not meant to be, then it won't. Um, there's a, I mean, there's a, an improv group I'm, I'm, I'm part of. We've done um, well for ourselves, and we're, we're still, you know, we're very, very tight. We're family. Um, we're a group called Three Peat. We met in Chicago. As all the black person on e- each of these individual 
teams and shows and sketches. There weren't there weren't that many black performers, and um, you know, so the, we often got separated from court. not intentionally again, but like it's just like how the, how the, the things fell. We were all in separate groups and shows and teams. We all liked each other. We were fans of each other. Uh, we would go to an audition for a, a, a commercial or something like that. We would always be pit against each other as the the uh, for the one uh, black person role. I was like, I don't like that. That doesn't that doesn't make sense. We like each other. Let's get together and do our own thing. We did that. Uh, we just went out and had fun. Things took off. Took off, and uh, we've had um, a great time um, performing. Uh, and, and doing our thing ever since. Got to do a lot of cool things uh, as, as a group, and uh, we'll continue to do so. That's from, I just wanted to bring that up because uh, people would kind of assume or think or try to say that we're a competition. We're not. There's a, they've, we've all, that entire group has had very cool opportunities uh, collectively and ind- individually, and what's meant to be for each of us is, is meant to be. So I got to see you and three Pete for the first time at the Miami improv festival. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching you guys and I'm thinking to myself, wow, why can't every improv show be like this? <laughs> Cause it was just so amazing. I mean, there was a, a huge energy to it, but it also felt like all of you are just so in sync with each other. There's definitely a great connectivity uh, with you guys, how did you guys manage to be able to connect so well with each other at rehearsals and during performances and off stage in general? Um, we just like each other. That's that's it. We uh, we we just just vibe. There's no any hardcore rules. We don't like, don't um, we don't want egos or anything like that around. We just kind of like uh, are each other's shoulder to, to lean on. You know, so that's that's truly. Uh, what that is, the the fun comes from from one of the biggest lessons uh, in improv, uh, and that's that's uh, listening. It's often forgot about or or not thought about well enough. But that's where the nuts and bolts, the root of everything for three P, is just just listening and, and mm. having a good time. Yeah, I seriously want every show to be like how you guys do it because it's just <laughs> so amazing. Uh, and if anyone else hasn't seen it, by all means, check out 3P because they are so freaking amazing. I oh, mean, it, it really is an awesome show that you guys have. And I, I commend you guys because that's it's just brilliant what you guys continue to create. Thank you. Thank you. What has been your experience uh, as an improv teacher? Um, yeah. Um, teaching for me wasn't something I expected, expected to do. I was asked, asked to do it. Uh, in Denver at first, and I was like, "Me teach again?" I just thought I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know that was something that I could do. So, so I, I was like, "Sure, cool," and I, um, I really I wanted to do do good at it. So I, I studied and, and watched it, others, and uh, when I got to do it, I just kind of put my own own spin on it. The reaction to me doing it was was positive and nice so i thought okay i'll keep i'll keep at it so that's that's how that came i was kind of open to the the opportunity to to doing it and then i did it and i really enjoyed it and it's just kind of and it's something um i will always do because i really really love it i love kind of 
I love doing things uh, my way and showing showing folks that it is possible to um, to improvise to, to do this thing, and it's not it's not just uh, something that um, like the the funny thing. You don't have to just be the funniest person in the room to be able to improvise. It's listening. It's reacting. It, it is um, uh, understanding. And knowing that there's so much more out there and so much more that you can do. That's kind of where the root of my uh, my thing is. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure as a teacher, you encounter those first-time students who are really trying to push funny through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, you see it, I see it. I'm sure every improv teacher sees that. What do you do to kind of help direct those particular students to let them know that you don't have to try to make this a funny scene? Um, I say that. <laughs> I just say it, I just say it straight up. When you when you do all that stuff, you, it's it just causes all kinds of problems. Just um, um, trying to uh, trying to force the funny stuff in there. So I uh, I call it out, uh, give clear examples, and, and we don't we don't do that. It's it's really really that that simple, and it's not easy to make big break, uh, breaks or shifts. It's, it takes reminding. It, it takes um, awareness of it from, from the, the teacher and the students in, the, in those moments as well. Um, it's one thing to, to call it out and another thing just to kind of gentle, gentle positive reminders of like, hey, mm. um, this is something we can uh, uh, be aware of and, and tweak and change. Let me ask you this, because I often feel like as an improv teacher, there can be sometimes a certain pressure that we feel on ourselves to really look like, for lack of a better term, like we sound like we know what we're talking about and we know what we're doing. Do you ever feel that sort of pressure that sometimes improv teachers tend to put on ourselves to make ourselves look like, you know, we know what we're talking about and this really does work for these students? Yeah, I mean, there. I guess there there is if if we're talking about like, um, you know, specific forms or something, it is helpful to know what the uh, what the forms are. Um, in those instances, yeah, and, and I guess that's one has a different different style of teaching. For as a, as a teacher, I feel like it's it's helpful to have um, performing experience and 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 lots of it, and and to put it into practice so you can practice what you preach and hopefully not get stuck in these um, unintentional traps of uh, um, yeah yeah I was trying to think of like if I've had to uh, you know fake it I try to I try not to teach things I don't know because I don't want to have to fake it right yeah yeah I try to teach teach things I I know you know, I, I remember um, one fond memory that I have is when I got to take a workshop that, that you were leading again at the Miami Improv Festival. And I remember I was in a scene with uh, with someone and it was a scene where we were just doing, uh, you know, back and forth. And I remember y- you giving me this very simple note. You said to me, hey, listen, you're 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 a funny dude, but feel free to let the scene change you. Cause it was like a basic like argument scene that I was in and you were the one that gave me the note, you know, don't forget what yes. And means and allow yourself to be changed and allow that change to happen, which I loved. And I loved hearing that. Does that kind of sum up what your approach is and what everyone else's approach in three Pete is when you, when you do scenes? 
Yeah, that's a that's a good thing. I said that. Just kidding. I, yeah, you did. A, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's um, uh, yeah, yeah. And then for uh, for clarity for folks that uh, weren't there, you missed out. Uh, it, it's not you, you know you know it wasn't like a hey do a big wild shift each time somebody uh, sends information your way. It, it it's really just like latching on to the, uh, the, wor- the words and, uh, uh, and really being, being super, super duper present. That's, uh, that's where, where we were. Cause it's easy to have that, um, uh, funny or smart response or thing or bit lined up and just wait for the other person to shut their mouth. And then I'm just going to hit them with this thing. Um, if I cause if I do have that awesome response, but somebody says, says something verbally or non-verbally, it would serve everybody better if I respond to what that person says. And it doesn't always have to be um, the hilarious thing because a lot of times super funny moments come from, come from just a simple uh, rea- reaction or, or, or thing that is not funny on paper. But it would be mm-hmm. funny in, in, the, in the moment with the context and, and everything. It would be funny, but like not funny on paper. Right. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people um, ask me, you know, why don't you write some of those improv scenes down? And it's like, well, cause then it's not going to be the, the same thing, you know? Exactly. I mean, exactly. yeah. I mean, why do we laugh in improv? It's not because of how smart we are, but it's because of that one thing that happened in that moment. And now that moment is gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, one of the cool, cool things about improv is like, it's all, happening there for us um with us everybody in the room is gets to share that together um and weirdly it just it just doesn't it doesn't translate outside of the room you can't go home and be like oh yeah i did this thing and, this thing. and then i was playing the cowboy and i had this hat and it was like everybody laughed it's like okay sure that doesn't <laughs> sound funny to me the cowboy or the hat um it's the biggest you had to be there um that's what um that's what improv is. You have to be there. You have really been able to grow and develop yourself uh, so much. And I really love seeing how much you've developed and, and grow um, to the point where now you've become a, a writer for the Amber Ruffin show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been lucky enough to um, be a writer on, on TV. And again, you know, if we go back to the, the guy that went to Starbucks for the free Wi-Fi, I, I didn't. I didn't know that was a, a path, for um, for me, um, but it it is. It was the the path uh, for me. I just had no idea which which uh, um, where this thing would would lead, and that came from me being uh, curious about uh, about stuff and, and kind of wanting to do more. And uh, so when it came to writing, you know, you kind of mentioned the. Uh, you can't really write the, uh, the improv scenes you do, but uh, but you can allow that to you know, allow those things and the things you like to inspire inspire the things you write. And so that's um, what I did. I just started writing stuff to do with friends in Chicago, and then um, started filming those things. They got they were received well, and it kind of built into this. Um, uh, this part of my my life that I'm in, where I get to write for uh, 
uh, for, for, for different shows. When you write in general, what, what is it? Are you, are you trying to do? It depends, um, on the, on the, on the project, really. I'm, I'm just trying to, I think a lot of times, uh, cause sometimes I'll write some like boring, boring commercials and stuff like that. So the writing is all over the place that I do. I'm just interested in so many things, but for the most part, I feel like it's, uh, humor and, and education, educate people through humor is, um, is where a lot of the, uh, the inspiration or, um, for a, a lot of the things I, I do uh, comes. I, I like to educate what I do. Like if, it's, if I'm doing things for late night, commenting on pop culture, but you have to educate through the, through the joke. Cause I could be talking about something you haven't heard about, um, you know, a, a, a truck in, uh, in, in Des Moines, uh, goes off the road and, and crashes, and a bunch of uh, um, frogs uh, escape from the back. I got I have to educate, him <laughs> as far as I let let you know all that information in a short uh, short sentence, and hit you with a punchline after that. So, um, but also the if it's a longer piece, like a, like a sketch or um, uh, or a rant or something like that then I get a bit more time and room to, uh, to comment on how, you know, how, how black, black voters are affected through redlining. Um, not the funniest <laughs> topic, but I'll have to, I'll, uh, but it's something that's important and uh, I can use all the information there to, to, um, to educate, but, all, but then also add humor to entertain as well. But then I, I get to work on kids shows too, and that's no different when I'm working on a kids show, because I want to entertain. You know, we 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 like to entertain with the, um, of course, with the content, but also educate as well, um, and weave in lessons about leadership, weave in lessons about um, sharing. You know, those kind of things. So that's, that's that kind of thing has been at the forefront of what I get to do writing wise. Do you feel like it's more difficult to write for children than adults, or is it kind of the same for you? It both have their. I mean, it's, it's just like lots of people you have to yeah that need to uh, sign off and check off lots of lots of people um, up for both. So I would I think there's probably a bit more, in, uh, and I, I don't know actually. They're truly, truly both have just different people saying, I don't understand that or, or we can't legally um, do that. So yeah, it's, I, I'd say it's a tie. I'd say it's a tie. Well, it shouldn't be, it should be, I, I wish it was a clear answer, but it's not. They're just um, challenges for both. But I enjoy, I enjoy it all. I mean, you must feel very proud of what you've been able to accomplish because it feels like you've been able to accomplish so much from that joy of being uh, curious. 
And uh, my friend Mark Mockaby uh, shared that tip as well to always be curious because you never know where that can lead to. So how has curiosity played a crucial role for you in your development, both professionally and personally? Um, I mean, being, yeah, being curious has like allowed me to, to try stuff from improv to sketch to stand up to storytelling. Um, and through those things, personally, I have made the best connections, the best friends that have, um, yeah, just helped me so, in so many ways and made me feel uh, welcome. And, and that's the best part of this, uh, this comedy journey, for sure. Awesome. Namdi, I have one final mm-hmm. question to ask. And this doesn't have to just apply to improv or comedy. This could apply to everything in general. What is the one piece of advice that has served you well that you want everyone else to hear? Ooh, baby. One piece of advice is, well, I'll just say the thing that jumped out to me when I heard that question was, um, be the type of person that other people want to be around. I'll stop there. Mm. I won't elaborate. Um, Everyone needs to take that in and uh, apply it as they see fit. I think it's pretty <laughs> self-explanatory too. You would think, you would think um, uh, some, some folks that won't, won't get it. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, Namdi, I had an absolute blast with you and I wish you so much continued success. Love you very much. And just thank you so much for spending time with me today. Same. Thank you. Thank you. This is such a pleasure. Love you too. Um, and it's like, It's awesome. You're awesome. This is great. (laughs) Thank you, my friend. Yes, let's really take that in for a moment, shall we? Be the type of person that other people want to be around. Man, I love that Namdi said that because that's also how I try to be, be it as a performer, an instructor, a director, well, just as an all-around human being. And I think that's very important, and I hope we can all do that. My thanks to Namdi Ingwe for spending time with me today. If you'd like to learn some more about this guy, visit his website at thenamdi.com. You can also look for him on Instagram and enjoy some of his tributes to mixed CDs of the early 2000s. And hey, don't forget to check out my website at togetherbymyself.com to learn about my solo improv show. Feel free to contact me about performing improv, teaching workshops, and also for magic shows for all occasions. My friends, this has been a wonderful time, and I hope you all enjoyed this as much as I did. There's a lot more great times ahead, so be sure to stay tuned for more right here on Improv and Magic. Until next time, take care, everybody.